TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Launch to right field. Gone. But I want to try to hitting hard. Um, I hit him bomba. The highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place twins show on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and that Score North mobile app. Did we officially, did we label them the Bombasota twins while I was gone, while I was in Milwaukee? I'm hitting hard. I'm hitting bomba. Hitting bomba. Hitting bomba. So here's my my question now. It, It is remarkable because every, everyone in the press box, Friday through basically Monday has been trying to come up with the phrase, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has. Lavelle's thrown 87 things out there. He's run polls. But I told Phil last week, and then uh, Rosario made that comment on Friday night. I told Phil last week, it's got to be a player. Like we we've got to stop trying to be. I'm going to no, come up. No, we with should a name. own it. Score North should own this. No, no, but no, it's we got, need this. No, but the name has to come from a player. So, mm-hmm. so the the phrase I think, and and Rosario said that on Friday. So I'm giving this one the Bombas a good chance because it had to be something creative that somebody just said off the cuff. Because the problem is, if you sit around and think up names, mm-hmm. you, you often fall short there. Mm-hmm. And for fans to gravitate towards it, I think the fact that a player said this, this might be the one. That's Judd Zulgad, the guy you heard saying, mm-hmm. That's Derek Wetmore. <laughs> you read his thoughts on the Twins at scorenorth.com and on the Score North mobile app. Manny Hill, other side of the glass. I'm Rami Makloff. This is the first day for the Score North first place Twins show in its new time slot. If you're listening to us live here at noon, and uh, we heard the demand for more Twins talk, more frequent Twins talk with them as hot as they are. So now Monday through Friday at noon, you're going to get at least an hour, some days two hours, of the Score North first place Twins show at noon right here on Score North. If you're coming here looking for Vikings talk, it'll be here at 2 o'clock. The uh, Purple Daily Show is hosted by Matthew Collar. Now daily, two hours from 2 to 4, Monday through Friday. And you can listen to all these shows anytime you want because that's how Score North works with the Score North mobile app. Listen on demand to whatever show you want anytime you want. Go and get it. It's available for Apple and Android. Give us those five-star ratings and all your rave reviews. Boys, this is exciting. This is really exciting. Twins five days a week on the radio at noon. It's awesome. Monday through Friday. I, I already I tweeted this earlier. I was already excited about the prospect of expanding our Twins coverage, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get to talking about the first place Twins here in a second, but l- allow us to gaze at our navels for a quick moment. <laughs> I was already excited about the prospect of expanding to five days a week and doing more Twins content than ever before throughout this summer when I thought this was an 86-win Twins team. So imagine how much more fun this is going to be now that this looks more like a 96-win Twins team, and it's going to be a summer to remember at Target Field. And Glenn Perkins, who every Thursday has an hour show here on Score North. Glenn Perkins on baseball. He's going to join us at 1220 here on the Score North First Place Twins show. But last night, guys, I know the weekend was good and beating up on the lowly White Sox was nice. And Judd, I know you were there for much of it, basking in the sun and open skies of Target Field. It was glorious. As you are wont to tweet me when you are under the open skies of Target Field. Always glorious. (laughs) 
outside, beautiful, 30,000 fans. But last night, last night had a different feel to it. I wasn't here in Minnesota, but I was in the... Kenosha, Wisconsin is considered the Chicagoland area. I don't know if you know that. So we get all the Chicago channels. Yeah. So I was able to watch pretty much the whole series. And I can tell you, even being a state away, that game last night, had a different feeling than taking on the Minnesota Twins this weekend. Last night did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, last night was was a playoff, what I would call primer. Last night was instructive of, of what a playoff game against a team that's really good is going to be. And my takeaway was this, and I'm going to start, despite the fact that the Brewers came back on the Arcia home run uh, to rally for a 5-4 win, I'm going to start with a positive here. Of the fact is that this Twins team... And that game going back and forth, you thought to yourself, and this is against Josh Hader, who can come in and heat it up. You still thought to yourself, this team hits so well, they've got a chance. A year ago, you would have said, Josh Hader, the final two innings, good luck, good night, I'm going to my car. But that game last night had had elements of what you're going to see, and, and it had Elements of where the Twins probably bullpen-wise potentially need to improve themselves. But there was not a moment of that game where you thought to yourself, okay, this is a really good team and and this is a problem. You thought this is fun and this team can hit so well that until there's three outs in the ninth inning, I don't think they're dead. I don't think, and they weren't. They weren't dead. Yeah, they went blow for blow with with a, a playoff contender at the very least. That's a good Brewers team that last night, I mean, in the end, you came out on the wrong end of it, but you went blow for blow with that team, and it had it had the feel, like Judd said, of playoff baseball. It's also remindful that how many outs were they shy of the World Series? I mean that that Brewers team went toe to toe with the Dodgers in the NLCS, mm-hmm. like for the for the right to get steamrolled by the Red Sox, and and they could have won that series against a very good Dodgers team. So it's to Judd's point, a measuring stick. That's really fun to see. I mean, this early in the season, did you think you'd be talking about measuring sticks? No, not necessarily. But when you beat up on everybody else in the world, then you look to the games against the Brewers or the Astros, Yankees, Red Sox, the best teams in baseball to see, hey, how do we compare to these guys right now? And I would say if I'm the Twins, I feel pretty good about how I stack up with the best teams in baseball. No, you didn't win last night, and no, you didn't take full advantage of Gio Gonzalez when you had him on the ropes and really probably could have done a little bit more damage there to put that game out of reach. But the fact that you are still in it with Taylor Rogers on the mound, you feel like that's you feel like really, really good about your chances when you give Taylor Rogers the ball with the lead late in a game. Happened to not work out for him last night, but this that doesn't detract from my overall opinion of this baseball team, and that is they are really good right now. They're very solid. I, I came to this conclusion, I think it was on Saturday, too, with the uh, windows of the press box open so you could get a really good feel for the game. You know, this team hits bombas, and that's that's fun. That's the sexy. If you were to pick a headline right now for the 2019 Twins, you guys, it would be the bombas, right? For sure. But, but here's what I realized if I'm an opposing team is the intimidating thing. It's not the home runs. It's the contact. Go to a game and listen to the contact. And I'm talking about line drives down the line. I'm talking about the home runs. I'm talking about outs. This team consistently makes contact that you think to yourself, nobody for the most part ever gets cheated. It's so loud. 
And that's impressive because we have seen Twins teams, you guys, that uh, go meekly into the night and that's it. But this club, consistently across the board, when they make contact, never get cheated. And I don't know if it's juiced baseballs or, or, or what it is because it's not like one or two guys that's hitting the ball harder this year, Judd. I've read over the course of this season, C.J. Crone, Byron Buxton, and uh, who was the other? Polanco. There's three or four guys on this roster who I've read over the course of this season are above their average exit velocity in terms in terms of their career averages. And so I got to believe that there's something that the Twins and Twins hitting coaches have have tapped into with this team. Don't ask that question. No. no? Oh, no, no. Do no, not no, ask no, that no, question. No, because no, Rocco will say, yeah, we do a few things different and I don't want to talk about them. But like what? What are they telling him? Like swing well, harder? Like what? what, what Matt, are the, Max, how do you how do you get a lineup full of guys to hit the ball harder? Consistently? Hey guys, hard contact. It's good. Yeah, exactly. Do more of that. Matt, you know the barrel of the bat. Hit it with that. Max Kepler after Sunday's game, and and if you watch, go back and watch Max Kepler's swing in 2018 compared to now, and there is no question, as Roycey has said on numerous occasions, there's now an uppercut. Max Kepler was asked, are you doing anything differently? And he's like, oh, no, nothing at all. Max, go back and watch your swing. You you used to have the even crew-like swing, and now it's an... So these guys are, uh, are reticent at best to talk about changes. But yes, there is a thousand percent different philosophies on, on approaches. And I think it actually goes player by player by player, too, Derek. James Rousen for MVP of the 2018. <laughs> but, no, but, but who is it? But it's not James Rousen. Sure it is. Because he, he's been there. He's involved. That I, I was talking to Chip about this last night. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, um, this is certainly position coaches and coaches and Baldelli get credit, but it goes deeper than that. There's more people involved here, and the Twins don't want you to know who or what. <laughs> and, and you know what? If you're in first place, basically, and you're a fan, who cares? Sure. But this goes to me much deeper than the hitting coach. This goes to a systematic idea that's probably influenced by a bunch of people, but it's different. Well, there's definitely research behind it. There, the, the Twins are a data-driven team, first and foremost. And I, I don't have all of the research to say what is why this is working for them. But two things that I've really noticed about just about every hitter is, when's the last time you saw a bunch of full counts in a game? For twins hitters, it's not it's not usual anymore. That used to be the norm. You'd see a ton of full counts. Games were dragging on. Now, if you get a one zero fastball, go go get it. Yep. Byron Buxton, Nelson Cruz, Mitch Garver, Jason Castro. Doesn't matter who you are. Uh, the the approach of well, let's get to three balls, and then let's. Try and draw walks, which, by the way, I was on board with for years and years and years. I thought it was a great approach. The Red Sox used it to win two World Series. But then I, I look at this Twins team now, and I say they're, they're not they're not looking actively looking to draw walks. They're looking to crush middle middle fastballs or hanging breaking stuff. And if that's early in the count, then great, they're going to do it. I think that that has changed from a, up and down the lineup. And the second thing that Brami was mentioning too is that it's just a bunch of guys hitting the ball harder than they have. So I would say, honestly, might be as simple of an explanation as. They're at a point in their career where man for man, up and down that lineup, they are feeling as comfortable as they have in the past five years. I mean, guys like Rosario are coming onto the scene, kind of broke out last year, faded, but now he's here. Nelson Cruz, of course, has been feeling good for the last five years. 
on and on and on down that list. Everybody's just in a good spot to succeed now, and I think that's part of why you're seeing them hit so many barrels, hit so many balls hard, and obviously with a juicy baseball, that leads to bombas. I like juicy baseball. Juicy like, baseball like is it's going to make for a fun summer. At what point do we stop? Because I keep hearing people say, well, they're going to regress. They They can't keep doing this. And whether you're talking about the team as a whole and, and the volume of home runs and runs that they're scoring. Or if you look at individuals up and down that line, people will CJ Crone can't keep doing this uh, and it goes up and down the lineup. I don't need to recite the names to you. At what point do we go? No, this, this is real. I don't, I don't think there is a lot of regression to the mean. I, th- I think this is, I think they are the Bomba Soda twins. I think I would say the same thing to that, that I said to Mitch Garver when people said he was going to come back to earth. I said, guys, no, 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 no. Mitch Garver doesn't regress to the mean. The mean regresses to Mitch Garver. <laughs> I think the same is true of the 2019 I Minnesota I Twins. I you said it then. I can't believe it. <laughs> is, he Chuck, is he Chuck Norris? That sounds like something yes. you'd say about Chuck Norris. Mitch Garver doesn't go on rehab assignments. He just waits. <laughs> <laughs> that one needs some work. i got to workshop that a little more. <laughs> the Twins aren't going... They will go through a few slumps, but the Twins aren't going to to regress to what people thought because, one, they're very good, but, two, you have to keep in mind the American League's not good. So they, they if you put them up right. against a series of the best teams in baseball, if the American League was stacked, I would say, okay, you know what, there's probably going to be a two- or three-week stretch that's going to be bad. But look at the schedule, you guys. Okay, you got the Brewers from the National League right now. And then you go to Tampa, which is good. But then the schedule goes back to, I, I think the next homestand begins with the Mariners. And the Mariners are basically a mess. So I think this is twofold. One, the Twins have, at this point in time, it looks like, solidified themselves as one of the best teams in baseball. Good for them. They they are good. They're legit. But the other thing is you're never, I don't think, going to have a lengthy stretch where you say, oh, here comes 12 just incredibly tough games. So it's good. it all evens out. The Twins are taking advantage. But the incredible thing is the American League Central, they still have a ton of games left. Right. Yeah. And, Cle- know. you know, Cleveland's 10 games back. Cleveland ain't what we thought they were either. I, they're, they're way worse than I than I thought. Mm. They're way worse. And and I thought the White Sox were on the come here a little bit. Sure. And they still prospect-wise might be. And I know they've got a couple pitchers hurt, but they ain't got no chance this year. They're not good. The Tigers are now playing like they should, which is they're awful, and the Royals are terrible. So you've got this division of teams that you're going to, I think, basically just pummel all summer long. Yeah, and that's why I say this looks like a 96-win team. They could they could take their foot off the gas now and go 500 the rest of the way, and it's a 90-win team. Now think you about can't, that. You see, that's the only way to slow down a team where you've cut the brakes is just lift your, your foot, foot off the gas. Lift your foot off the gas. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's, physics. That's the only way. <laughs> but you're not doing that, right? No, Rami? I'm not lifting my foot. Are you kidding me? Uh, Rami told me right. one time two weeks ago that he was going to put a brick on the accelerator and, and hop just, in the backseat and party. Just hop in the back for the party, Judd. <laughs> there a beer back there? Oh, yeah. No, this is a party bus. This is the Bombasota twin party bus. That I'm right now driving with Rosario's picture on it with no brakes. Yeah, Rosario's on the plastered on across the side. It's exceedingly dangerous. Slamming sir. a beer. It's, it's Eddie Rosario. Are there cliffs here? The side. Are there cliffs? <laughs> if there are, we'll find out together, Judd. <laughs> That's all I can tell you.
This I, thing is moving at a high rate of speed. I can't I, tell you if there are cliffs or not. I've told you guys plenty of times before that I do not check the standings until June 1st. And oh, I've, tom- stood, I've stood by that. You have like a, Saturday, just about five days. Big day yeah. circled on the calendar for that. me yeah. and my family. Um, they're we... up 10 games, Derek. Just <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I've heard the talk. I know. It'll don't, just be another thing to see it. Don't bother checking at this point. <laughs> sure, sure. It doesn't matter if you well, check or not. I wonder. So I can't confirm this having not seen them, but I did hear a rumor, guys, that uh, magic numbers are floating around out there already for oh, this, floating this twins team. Yes. Have you heard what it is? Uh, I believe it is last check. I was just, I was actually, as you said that, just checking to make sure. Last I saw it was 101. Yeah. It is down to 100. 100. Yesterday, 100 so. is your magic number. Magic for number the 100. Twins. And we're not in June yet. So that's a thing. The twins I'm are. Not- Already in command of this division, and if you thought they were equal talent-wise, Cleveland and Minnesota, you'd feel pretty good about this because of the huge lead. I don't think anybody thinks they're equal. My anymore. only concern nope. about this Minnesota Twins team in the postseason is that September is going to be so meaningless that they're going to have to rev it back up for October. <laughs> I don't. That's the only problem. At this, at this rate, you're not. That's not. Wrong. I know. I that's know. Not, well, and you still have to. But I, I think the one thing that might keep them engaged is the fact. That as you, they're going to be chasing the you, 2001 Seattle Mariners? No, as you plan for the playoffs, <laughs> what, what you're going to have to do is seriously look at getting bullpen and potentially starting pitching help a little bit there. And so the message to stay engaged is going to be, in I believe, through the potential additions to to that clubhouse. Because if you are going to make a run here, you still you can't get to um, you can't get to the playoffs and say. <laughs> Darn it, this is Shoot. much different than we our regular season was. You need to get to the playoffs and be prepared there. And and the engagement process uh, might be kept by the additions of potential players. I'd love to ask Glenn Perkins his perspective on this because he was on some great Twins teams. And I wonder, is the perception, w- w- let's say you think you're a 90-win team. You're in that clubhouse and you're like, yeah, we could win 90 games with this group. Is the perception, go get us some help because this team just needs that little bit to get pushed over the edge? Or do you look around and say, we got here by ourselves. Let's no. just do this as it is. No, the young players might, but but if you're Crone and Scope and, and that group, which is not signed, and Cruz, not signed to long-term contracts, I think you're saying, we got a chance to win a World Series here. Go get us help. Absolutely. And we'll ask Glenn Perkins that very question coming up after a short break. Hey, if you enjoy the Score North First Place Twins show, we'll be uh, having a special taping of it tonight at the Fulton Tap Room, 414 6th Avenue. If you want to come out and uh, talk some twins with us, and uh, Judd Zulgad is known to stick around afterwards and imbibe in a few dozen beers. So you might you might end up on a bar stool next to Judd Zulgad at the Fulton Tap Room. Unfortunately. Oh, damn, that's too bad. But maybe one or two. I'm responsible. <laughs> Unlike Rami, who's just shotgunning beers in the back of the Twins. <laughs> Not yet. I'm still driving. Okay, okay, I, okay. Let's see. When they sign Craig Kimbrell, that's when I put the brick <laughs> on the gas pedal and just hop in the back and party with the rest of you. Glenn Perkins joins the Score North first place Twins show right after this. Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Let's bat around some banter. The Score North Twin Show on Score North 
and score north. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Score North Twin Shell. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. center field. He's knocked in the first run of the game. Right up the middle. And Rosario trots in from third base. That was the first run scored in a 5-4 loss to the Brewers last night. This is the Score North first place Twins show here on Score North on 1500. And that Score North mobile app where you can listen live and on demand. And the longer you listen live, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. The Score North mobile app is also a one-stop shop for all written content on scorenorth.com, including Twins thoughts from Derek Wetmore, who's here alongside me today. Judd Zolgad, who's here alongside me today. Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. I'm Rami McLaughlin joining us now. You can catch him every Every Thursday with Glenn Perkins on baseball. He is former Twins reliever Glenn Perkins. Glenn, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, thank you. Did you have to read that uh, off like a sheet of paper? Or do you memorize all that stuff? I, when I do mine on Thursdays, I have to read it off a piece of paper. I do have a piece of paper in front of me, but I'm <laughs> I'm pretty good without the piece of paper, Glenn. I'm a shameless self promoter, so it's I have I have a lot of I have a lot of practice at it. I gotcha. Uh, speaking of shameless self-promotion, what do you think of the nickname that uh, Score North came up with first for your Minnesota Twins, the Bombasota Twins? How do you like that, Glenn? It, yeah, I, I I think that maybe without the Twins, uh, I like the Bombasota. Okay, just Bombasota. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, I, I, the ones that I've heard that have been picked around, that's that's probably the best. Hmm. We might be on to something here. <laughs> Rosario basically coined it. I mean, Rami's giving us credit. We just co-opted a movement started by the Twins. Again, shameless fielder. self-promoter. <laughs> when you were in a clubhouse, Glenn, did you guys ever take a, a nickname that was bestowed upon you by the media, or was it always something that had to come from the clubhouse? We ne- we never had any when I played because we really? were not ever very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, there never wasn't the level of interest that there is this year. Oh, poor, poor Perk. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. It's it's amazing. The way that this Twins team, Glenn, has uh, sort of popped super early in the season what do you even compare it to at this point? Um, the only there's one year in your career that I can think of, and other than that, it's like this is really, really new. Not just in the last ten years, you know, the last twenty five, thirty years for the Twins. The fact that they're capturing the interest of the public before June first is incredible. Yeah, and I, I mean, I believe if I remember right, in eighty seven and ninety one, even um, they were like worst of first. And Judd might remember better, but. I know for a fact in 90 they were like the worst team, them and the Braves, and they so they kind of came out of nowhere. And I think I saw at one point that maybe they were like 25 and 23 that year. Um, so the way they've jumped out of the gate is, yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen it in my lifetime, and um, I think that's why there's a lot of apprehension, like, is this real and all those things. But the way they've played, I mean, and, and the, the extended stretch that they've, that they've gone through and, and played well, it's hard to argue with what they're doing on the field. 
I just saw a uh, a stat a couple days ago, Perk. The 1991 Twins, around this time, uh, were in last place and then proceeded to go on a 15-game winning streak, which catapulted them near first place, and they were off from there. Let me tell you the one thing that, in going to the games against the White Sox this weekend, that struck me about this team. And I, I understand that the home runs are the sexy thing. Uh, but, Perk, with the press box windows open, it's the contact. Everything these guys hit, and I'm talking about singles, doubles, home runs, and even outs, the the sound of the contact, if I'm an opposing team, would partially intimidate me. Yeah, well, it's I mean, and it's up and down the line. We've talked about that a lot. Just the, I mean, you know, when you got a guy like like Byron Buxton hitting in the nine hole, that's hitting like a top of the order guy, and you have Jason Castro the way he's hitting in the bottom of scope. Crone even, I mean, I think Crone probably, he's got to be in the top 10 in exit velocity this year, the way he hits balls. Seemingly, he swings and misses or, or hits a laser somewhere. And, um, it, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's no break. And, I mean, I watch it in the sense, when I watch a Twins game, I watch it from the perspective of when I pitch, like, you know, at what point in this lineup would I most like to face? I, it's tough. I mean, and that's that's why they're they're where they are. I think, I mean, if you could find a spot, it would, I guess, be six, seven, eight. And that's just, that's Sano and that's Crone and I guess maybe Castro. And those guys are maybe guys that you can get to swing and miss, but they've still hit the ball. I mean, it's Sano's not a guy that you want, like, yes, let me face him. And Crone's the same way, that those guys might have the most swing and miss in them, but also hit the ball when they hit it as hard as anybody in the game. Um, and, again, I mean, that's that's why they're where they're at. They, they, they make contact and, and they hit the ball hard and, I mean, even on top of that, they don't strike out that often as a team. So it's not a fun lineup to pitch to, which is why they're scoring however many six, five, six, seven runs a game. And how surprising is it that they're doing this without Nelson Cruz and Mitch Garver, two of the guys who were sort of the engines of that lineup early in the season? Well, they brought Nelson Cruz in to do that. So I think that's probably the most surprising. I mean, Mitch Garver had the offensive profile in the minor leagues, you know, an older guy for, at every level that he played at. Definitely didn't hit like this last year, but you could see it that he has the ability to hit, and I think even projection models liked him coming up. Um, but, I, you know, for sure Nelson Cruz, I mean, the bonus that they got from the way Garver hit the ball and the way he was uh, playing, um, it, it, they miss him now. I, I think at the beginning of the season you would have said, man, I can't believe they're doing this well without Mitch Garver in the lineup. N- nothing against him, but I, I would say more so Nelson Cruz. They brought him in to be that big bat in the middle. Uh, a more consistent guy than maybe Miguel Sano or C.J. Crone. Um, so to miss to be missing him and still continue to, to rake the way they have, I guess that would be more surprising than anything. Perk, because this team hits so well, how much are we ignoring, and we probably shouldn't be, the fact that defensively this team is really, really sound. And I, I go back to there were – there were deep defensive plays made, I think it was Friday and Saturday's game against the White Sox that set the tone then to come back and score runs. But the more I watch this team, the more I'm really impressed. And, and Gonzalez, who I think started his first career game in right this year, made a fantastic catch on Saturday. And it's just plays like that that, to me, set you up for eventual success. Yeah, and I, I think there's a couple things. One is is they, they, they played good defense all around, but they... In the offseason, Derek and Thad identified, and I talked to Derek a couple weeks ago, um, they identified C.J. Crone as obviously a bad, he had 30 home runs last year, so that's a guy they know is going to hit the ball out of the park. They thought that he could play above average defense at first base, and he has this far. 
Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, when they went and got him, they knew he was going to be that, like, Swiss Army knife type, type of guy that you can put him anywhere and he's going to be adequate to, to a little better than that. And he's shown that. I think it's fascinating with the Twins um, and just their team defense. We looked at this when they went out and played the Mariners. Um, and they, the Mariners were the worst fielding team in baseball, and the Twins were the best. And that was just by fielding percentage. I said, well, let's look at what else they're doing. Well, their defensive runs saved are top in baseball. Their UZR, I think they're one or two. And then their defensive efficiency uh, is the highest. So they convert more balls in play uh, to outs than any other team in baseball, and they, they have the fewest errors. I don't like errors as like a, a, a barometer for defense necessarily, but I think in the context of – them converting more balls and play to outs than any other team and not making errors. I mean, they kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, but they also don't. And so the balls that do get hit in play, they, they're better at fielding them than every other team. And that's when, when, a, when a team can hit the way they've hit and then play defense like that, that's helped their pitching. And, and these guys that are having career seasons, part of that is that when the balls do get put in play, uh, they're outs. And that, that's been Jake Odorizzi's season in a nutshell. I don't think he's really striking out maybe a hair more guys than he has in the past, walking about the same, but he hasn't allowed many hits because those guys are putting balls, uh, the, the balls that are put in play, they're getting outs on. Talking Twins with former Twins reliever Glenn Perkins here on the Score North First Place Twins show. Catch him talking Twins for an hour every Thursday with Glenn Perkins on baseball here on Score North. Yeah, Perk, I, I actually had a question on the adding to this because I think we all see where this is headed. This is a playoff team. They're the best team in the American League Central. If they let off the gas and go 500 the rest of the way, they're still winning 90 games. As a player in a clubhouse, do you look around and say, yeah, this is a special thing. If we only had that one more piece, let's go. Or do you kind of look at it and say, hey, we're whatever it is, 18, 19, 20 games above 500. We're kind of set. We're good with this group right here. Which which way do you usually break it down? I don't think that anybody would be thinking, hey, we need to get another guy. I think they have confidence in that locker room. And that's probably carrying them a little bit as well. That I, I just imagine being on this team, and when you come in after a game, you kind of look around when you're eating dinner after the game and like, man, alive! Like <laughs> we're really good. And I, I was never really a, a fully part of a team like that. We were good when I was young, and then obviously later in my career, we just were never quite that good. And so to be able to come in after a game, and when you, when you know, when you beat the tar off a team again for the third, fourth, fifth time in a row and hit home runs and, and, I mean, just kind of run teams off the field like they have, it, I think you just look around in that locker room and, and A, you're like, this is really freaking fun. And then also, <laughs> we're really good. It's kind of that, like, just giving each other side-eye glances, like, we did it again and this isn't going to stop kind of feeling. I don't think players, when you're on a team like that, would think, oh, we, you know, we need another reliever or if we only have one more starter. I, I, I think that, the way they're firing right now, um, you just enjoy that as a player and, and look forward to playing again the next day. For sure. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun seeing Manny and I were at the Twins game last night, seeing Josh Hader versus Taylor Rogers in the late innings of what kind of felt like a, almost a postseason baseball game. I know it's way too early to be talking about that stuff, but it, when you look at that, Perk, as a former lights-out reliever, uh, do you think that the Twins pen has what it takes right now to compete with some of the best teams in baseball? I, I mean, I think uh, from the outside looking in, I, I would imagine that they're going to add at some point. I don't think – I mean, right now they're not going to add. In the next couple of weeks, I doubt they add. But they're, they're going to put themselves in a position where I think Derek and Thad are going to see that – 
you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it's going to be that that front line guy or that top guy that they're going to trade away a lot of of what they have built to try to win it to try to go or see how far it goes this year. I think they know they have a pretty good team. I think if they do anything uh, later on this summer, it's going to be they're probably going to follow more of the Astros mold where we're if we're going to give up prospects that that we've acquired and that we've got to build a sustainable winning team they're going to want to get some guys back that aren't going to be gone at the end of the year that so the you know the Astros get a Garrett Cole they get a Justin Verlander Garrett Cole had a couple years of control Verlander had maybe one but then they re-signed him so that's I think something that they're going to look at is is it going to help us this year and then will we be able to retain them down the line and if that's the case I think that's the kind of guy you're going to see him go get I highly doubt this early on with the young core that they have that they're going to go trade a Royce Lewis or an Alex Kirilov or, a, or any of those top guys. Uh, it just doesn't have that feel. It's the first year. And, and with the core, I mean, we've talked about it, Derek, on, on my show. The young core that they have with their outfield and with Polanco and with now Arise in there. And Sano, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a group of six or seven pretty young guys early on, not a lot of service time that, they're going to want to have guys fill in because Nelson Cruz isn't going to be here forever. C.J. Crone's not going to be here. Marlon Gonzalez isn't going to be here. You have to have guys coming up behind these guys because in a year or two, all those guys I just talked about in the infield and outfield are going to be those five, six-year veterans. And then you have more guys coming in behind them. So I think if they do something, like I said, it'll be uh, – It'll be something that there's going to be a benefit now and then a benefit down the road. Glenn, while we're asking you about clubhouse psychology, if you will, maybe I'm getting carried away and getting ahead of myself here, but I said in the first segment, my number one concern at this point for the Twins, or one of my major concerns is they run away with this division so handily that September is so meaningless. They have to find a way to flip that switch again (laughs) for October. Is there anything to the notion of playing meaningful baseball right up until the end and being in a tight race so you have that competitive switch flipped when you get to the postseason? I'm not quite sure. I mean, I think it's probably a benefit if you can play maybe a little bit into September halfway through or you know, maybe have that week at the end where you can sort of line stuff up. Um, it, I think part of that is just that bias when, when people see what the Rockies did the one year, the teams that, that kind of pop up toward the end of the year and win, you know, I think they won like 22 straight or something like that to get into the playoffs, and then they, they have some success. There's been plenty of teams, I believe, that probably clinched pretty early. I mean, how many games were the Houston Astros up the year that they won the, the World Series? I, I'd imagine that they might have darn near wrapped that division up at, at, on September 1st. So um, it's just who, who's the best team? I mean, you want guys swinging well, being hot. You want to be healthy. Um, so some of those things, you know, if, if you do have a big lead going into September, you can call guys up and you can give your Eddie Rosario's and Byron Buxton's a, a, a break maybe uh you know and play them a couple times a week as opposed to six days a week so there's probably something to that and that's probably more like what the Astros did than playing tight down to the down to the end of the season I I would imagine you want I mean I would I would rather have it it locked up and be able to kind of do what you want to do and then get ready for the playoffs as opposed to having to have the you know the pedal down and your foot on the gas all the way until the end of the season. That is Glenn Perkins, the former Twins reliever. Catch Glenn Perkins on baseball every Thursday at noon here on Score North on 1500 or listen to it anytime you want on the Score North mobile app. Glenn, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for a few minutes. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is. Glenn Perkins joining us. Almost turned off my mic instead of hanging up the phone because I do that every time. (laughs) 
First world problems to lock up the division so early that you have nothing to worry about in September. (laughs) We have to talk to him next time. And and I'd be, since he didn't uh, get out of that game that long ago, and this really applies to a certain guy who's from Creighton and is going to have his uh, number retired in June. Creighton or Creighton Durham Hall? <laughs> Creighton Durham okay. Hall. Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you're talking about Molly or No, well, that that guy too. Um, but I would be very curious to know, do do guys like Perk and Joe see this through the prism of a fan, which they grew up Twins fans, and it's awesome, or do they see it through that prism, but also the, damn, especially with Joe. I would love to know, and Joe would never tell you, but I would love to know what Joe is th- thinking. And you know what? If Joe is there, it might be different. I don't know. But it's got to be really, really sort of um, uh, mixed feelings to have just walked away recently and then to see this success. And know that that you were, you know, in Perk or Joe's case, good enough to certainly be part of that. Yeah. And you just got out. I know it's a different sport, but imagine what DeMar DeRozan is feeling right now. No, right, like but, after sweating and bleeding for the Toronto and, Raptors and coming up short and I would argue, year after year. And I would argue that that the Raptors wouldn't be there necessarily because then Kawhi wouldn't be right, in Toronto. Exactly. But but I but I'm talking about guy, you know, like Perk was really good. Right. All star closer. Perk could Perk if a healthy perk on in this bullpen. Can you imagine? Would be a huge asset. Perk. So Taylor Rogers at yeah, the back end. So if you're perk, are you like, well, this is great. I'm a Twins fan, or are you like, well, this is great. I'm a Twins fan, but damn. Sure. Yeah. If, it'd be fascinating to ask him that. In fact, I might even just plant that seed Thursday on Glenn Perkins on baseball when we do that show because he could have been part of this easy. Absolutely. And you know, you could even rewind that back too and say not to too much revisionist history, but in 15 he got hurt. That was a good team. You know, maybe right. it's different if he doesn't get hurt. Maybe, but you know what? Fifteen was seventeen 15 was a washout. Seventeen were fun and nice year, but this is right. Perk, I agree. Perk's right. These guys basically post game when they play a team like the Tigers, White Sox, KC, they go in the clubhouse and privately they have to sort of laugh. Yes, right? yes. These are. I know that's I'm, happening for a fact. I'm not joking. These are name your score series. This is not the right now against the Brewers, but the Amer- the rest of the American League. You want to win eight one or ten one yeah, tonight? Yeah, let's just pile on twelve. Okay. I don't know. Someone was talking about our run differential the other day. How about thirteen one? Watch, <laughs> watching them, watching them fall behind against the White Sox on Friday. I tweeted by the fifth they're going to be up like eight to four, <laughs> and they and they are they are right now baseball's Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Okay, we'll just go hit down, hit threes. No problem. Feels feels like the Houston Rockets to me. It's like, okay, what's our goal? Okay, uh, staff, pitching, uh, strikeouts, velocity, swing and miss. Okay, boom, shoot to the top of the league and all those. As an offense, all right, cut down strikeouts, hit bombas, barrel it up every chance you get. I was just looking this up when we had Perk on the line. The Twins in the American League. Only three teams strike out less often than them. It's remarkable, I know. And they're leading the league in slugging percentage. Those those two things aren't supposed Sano, to go hand in hand. And right. Sano's, Contact and power don't necessarily go hand in they're hand. They're doing it all. Yeah. And Sano is back and striking out now, or, or that or that would be a lower they they right. would be probably bottom two. Sure. Yeah. And it's remarkable. And then Mitch Garver's coming back soon. Like Nelson Cruz, we'll see when he's back, but it is so. I, I like how Upper kind of said, you know, there's this question that's constantly lingering over this clubhouse externally, not internally, I don't think, but externally. Okay, but come on, is this for real? 
when your casual Twins fan kind of loops in in Memorial Day and is like, whoa, the Twins are in first place? Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's by a lot? Right. Oh, and they're the best offense in baseball? Well, okay, but when's that them, coming some back? Some of them don't even know they're in first place because they don't check the standings until June 1st. Saturday right. is the big yeah, day exactly. for that one, June 1. They came back to the ballpark, though. They sure did. And, that, and, by, and by the way... I mean, when it warmed up. And by the way, just quickly here, public service announcement. All right, I get the checking bags thing is a pain. The the wife and I went a couple Sundays ago, and you know, if you go through with jewelry on, it sets the old. I okay, so the twins can well, make take all your bling off, Judd. That's what's taking. No, you it's so long. it's Dawn. She goes through with all these bracelets on. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I prefer she didn't wear them. And, and I get I get the fact that that if you go through with a bag and it's searched, it's a problem. But by the way, if it's a gorgeous weekend day and the twins are playing now and they're ten games up and bleeping first place in the American League Central, don't think you can show up five minutes before first pitch and drunk and get in. Now, these Don't go hit the bars and then show up and be like, I can't get in until the second inning. Okay, you know why? Because they're really good. And I understand it's been 10 years. All right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But come on, people. You gotta get you gotta get in that line to give these guys a chance. And the Twins can make improvements and they said that they will, so I'm not giving them a pass here. But go to any really good teams' games, and That's guess right. you what? You got to show up a little early. You got to show up, yeah, right. yeah. And and there were people on on Saturday and Sunday who did that, and then they and it's not cheap. But then they hit the bars in the stadium, but yep. they were there for first pitch. Yep. And by the way, so come on, people. And by the way, there's a lot of construction going on Hennepin Avenue right now. So like, plan accordingly, people. Like, yeah, if you're coming from that side, for sure. Yeah, but tonight, tonight you should be walking in at the last minute because you're going to be with us at Fulton Brewing <laughs> on Sixth <laughs> Avenue from six until seven o'clock for a special taping of the Score North First Place Twins Show. I'll be out there. Derek will be out there. Phil Mackey is going to be joining us. Judd, you're part of this as well, right? We have the whole team. We have the whole Score North First That's Place what my, Twins team. My contract says it. All right, <laughs> so we'll be out there from six until seven o'clock tonight. More Twins talk on the Score North First Place Twins Show right after this. Score North on. 1500 and the Score North mobile app. I've become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Here's a 1 0, and Arcia drive in the left field. This one is way back and gone. And the Brew Crew has taken the lead at Target Field. It is the Score North first place Twins show. Brian Anderson, my old buddy on the call for uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin. Because that was falling out? or No, he's okay. good. He's, he's really very good. He's very good play by play. He guy. may be the best in the business. Rumors are that he will replace Marv Albert. When he steps down from uh, the lead as the TNT NBA play by play man. Yes. Not Kevin Harlan, huh? That's what everybody assumed. But a rumor surfaced a couple months ago that they are indeed grooming Brian Anderson for that role. Okay. I'd be cool with that. He's good, man. Because he's just that good. Uh, Some Twins roster news to report today, uh, Derek. What more? Michael Pineda goes on the 10 day. IL with uh, forearm, what was it? Forearm no, no, tendonitis. This is the knee tendonitis. Oh, knee tendonitis. I'm yep. sorry. And then uh, today they called up Devin Smeltzer to start tonight's game against the Brewers. Yeah, and I mean, where to start with this? Devin Smeltzer is a fascinating story. We we'll get to that in a second, but let's let's quickly talk about Pineda because he had knee issues last year as he was recovering from Tommy John. The Twins signed him to that that two year rehab contract, Rami, to give him two years and ten million. Basically, they said. All right, you had Tommy John. You're not pitching the big leagues this year. This is in 18. 
we'll give you two million bucks this year and you know facilitate your rehab. And then we want you to pitch for us in nineteen for eight million bucks. How's that sound? And he said, "Sounds good." And towards the end of last season, his arm was in good shape. This is what I kept hearing, anyways. Arm was in decent shape in terms of. 12, 13, 14 months out from TJ surgery, but he then had the knee, whether it was some minor surgery, I think, right, Judd, like in the fall. Yes. And that's what's been bugging him this year more. It's not the it's not the elbow that's recovering from Tommy John surgery. It's the knee. And so now that's ultimately what lands him on the injured list. Uh, interesting timing, of course, because they're not necessarily going to need that spot. Yeah, I was just going to say, Rand Ball from the Star Tribune, he tweeted out, just a shame Pineda got tendonitis at a time the Twins didn't need him for 10 plus yeah, days. Yeah, I, but I hate to be the Is guy this calling... tendonitis? No, no, I hate to be the guy calling fake injury because sometimes there are fake injuries oh, and you got to call it out. there are definitely fake injuries, yes. And this, I don't think this is one of them. Let's just say I saw him in the clubhouse last night and he was walking absolutely fine. <laughs> sure. That doesn't that doesn't mean his knees not not bugging him and I don't want to throw a, a, a stones here because I really I shouldn't be and I can't. But I'm going to advise that during this time of uh, self-reflection for Michael that he might want to go on a diet. Cuz if you've got knee tendonitis, he is a look at him next to Sano at some point. Miguel looks like he is uh, a point guard in basketball. So I <laughs> In all seriousness, I am advising that if you want to take pressure off your your knee and you're a huge human being, which he is, then it might be a good idea to mix in a diet. I can't speak on the experiences of pro athletes very often because I'm not in the same class of of human being physically as they are. But one thing I can speak on is uh, having knee problems and being obese. Because I used to be 320 pounds and have had surgery on both knees. And I can tell you, after losing a lot of that weight, my knees are doing much, much better. And I can do a lot more on these knees than I was able to do at 320 plus pounds. Yeah, it's a little surprising to me to see he carry that much extra weight. Sano, when we make fun of Sano for being fat, it's because he's got extra weight in his shoulders and his arms and his legs and his, you know, belly torso. Yeah. Pineda is like, A, he's just huge. He's six foot seven, six foot eight. Looks like he could like play D1 basketball just standing there and be a be a rim protector. Uh but he does carry a lot of it around the middle. And that's just Seems it's a, very top heavy. It's a weird shape, really, for a <laughs> for a, a big <laughs> starting pitcher. I love that term. And I can't top get heavy. out of my head when Jim Cott, was it the Baltimore series that he was doing color commentary for Fox Sports North? Yeah. And they just kept talking about like, well, it doesn't really look like his legs are all the way back. No, that that was the uh, Yankees game. Okay. And he was exactly oh, that's right. And he was exactly right. And and be, because as that game progressed, Pineda um got worse and worse. Yeah. And Cod's point was his legs are gone now. So you'd like to see more out of him, of course. I mean, the twins are sort of getting this is kind of gravy. Like they signed up knowing that they'd pay him eight million bucks, expecting he'd be more than an eight million dollar pitcher. It has it hasn't been perfect yet. This yes, what four far? four consecutive quality starts though, right? Yeah, and <laughs> I'll take that. And last night was really pretty good. Dude, he's the number he five in your rotation. Right, right, I'll take right. what I'm getting from Michael Pineda at this point. Yeah, I think you want more just because, like, get greedy, get selfish, and go to October. But it's it's not harpooning their chances right now he, or anything like that. He, to me, is the ideal guy uh, to probably put in your bullpen when you go get the additional starter See, and go I've, into the playoffs. I, I've thought about that too, but I don't know how well he fits there right now. I said We said this about Phil Hughes when he kind of lost it. And he, 
injuries took his career away from him. Don't get me wrong. But like when he didn't have that plus fastball anymore yeah. and it was just kind of over and people were like, well, move him to the bullpen. Well, but if you don't have swing and miss stuff, I don't know that you can help in the bullpen. You got to start Burrios. Yep. You got to start um, Perez, Perez at this point. Yeah. Odo has to start. And when you trade and for Trevor Bauer Gibson and he's in the front of your rotation. Yeah. No, but I'm, I, I know it. There, there's no there's no starter now who would be beyond Pineda, beyond, be the logical guy right. to move into the bullpen. So here's the Tampa starters. This is what I heard. Um, their probable pitchers for the Minnesota Twins is Martin Perez, Jose Barrios, Kyle Gibson, and Jake Odorizzi. That lines up actually pretty well for Devin Smelter to start tonight against the Brewers at Target Field. You guys seen his minor league numbers? Have not. Oh my gosh. They're very good. Is he hitting it up? He is. So he's a guy, he came over, he was the pitcher in the Brian Dozier trade when the Twins sent Dozier to the Dodgers. They got back outfielder Luke Rayleigh with a little bit of pop, and then Devin Smelter as a pitcher. And I mean, I got to be honest, I'll raise my hand. I didn't know him when when that trade was made. Doing a little research. Okay, it's 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 an interesting story. He's got a fascinating backstory. Uh, cancer survivor, I believe, as a youth. And this season has been some kind of incredible for Devin Smeltzer with the Twins. He started at AA Pensacola, but he quickly earned his way up to AAA Rochester just based on performance. I'm going to combine the two levels. It's a little cheating, but whatever. This gives you his full year of how he's doing. By the way, in an international league where everybody and their cousin has 10 home runs, Devin Smeltzer has given up just two home runs in 54 and two-thirds innings across those two leagues Wow! with a 1.15 earned run average. Almost a strikeout per inning and only 10 walks all year. This guy has been incredible. In the minor leagues. And now he's starting tonight for the say, Twins. He hasn't yet faced the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's see how he does. Nope. And this is that feel of postseason baseball. You trust on everybody to get their job done. Let's see how he does tonight. Come out tonight to the Fulton Tap Room on 6th Avenue for a special taping of the Score North first place Twins show. Purple Daily, if that's what you're here for, coming up at 2 o'clock. Score North Live with Matthew Collar next. For Derek, Judd, Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. One and two to Byron Buxton. A high fly, left center field. Deep toward the bullpen. Here we go again. 